Hey everybody, David here, aka DJM. Thanks so much for listening to this and all the other Delta Juliet Mike podcasts. And remember, if you have any problems finding this in iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Music Podcasts, or wherever, if you can't find it by name, search my name, David Majors. Thanks again for listening. everybody and welcome to an anime podcast of some sort i'm david majors alongside my intrepid co-host extraordinary jack dalton alistopheres the fourth what's up jackson i'm in a tunnel i i think um i think i need to be dug out well it. i'll work i'll work on that once i have everything else on my end in order but until then uh we can still hear you we can still talk to you and we can still podcast so let's talk about the japanese stuff what do you say i i need i need more lessons i need more english lessons well i apparently ellen sensei enjoys us so maybe maybe she can help us out in the future with with your english he fell in pure hashtag that also just a quick little side note because i don't want to memeify this entire thing i mean that's gonna happen regardless but um uh just a quick side note guys don't get mad at sensei for making spelling mistakes sensei is trying their best and it is twitter it is certainly twitter you can only do so much with 140 characters and a world full of unmedicated teenagers. You can only do so much. But uh, let's just jump in to the first story. Um, in the latest edition of Stuff from the 90s coming back, uh, the first two things. Uh, first of all, I saw this on Japanator uh, not that long ago. Uh, Tenchi Muyo. Frickin' Tenchi Muyo might actually get a fourth season. Uh, <laughs> wow, Tenchi Muyo. Really? Uh, and okay. this is going... This goes so far back. It's... Th- this is Golden Age Toonami when I was still in high school and Toonami was the biggest thing in the world. So this is this is absurd to me. Uh, I want to read a little bit from Japanator, uh, with the show had three full seasons, various OVAs and everything else. And now that it looks as though it will, it's looking like this will probably get a fourth season and the original character designer, Masuki Kajishima, will be standing in as chief director of the show. So it's looking like there will be quite a few, uh, members of the original voice cast coming back as well, at least on the Japanese version. And yeah, it's looking like stuff from the nineties just won't stop coming back. Jack, oh. please tell, tell me I'm not old. No, 
no, you're not old. I have one thing to say, and if anyone has been anywhere near a computer in the last, I don't know, month, uh, you'll know exactly what I mean when I think about the return of the 90s, which I will become a complete hypocrite and three and 180 on the next uh, 90s thing we will be speaking of. But for the time being, this is what I have to say about 90s cartoons returning is simply no me gusta. No me gusta. I'm trying my best to take all of these things from the 90s on a case-by-case basis, but as someone (laughs) that is of this generation, I feel like I'm the only person that says, I don't need all of this stuff to come back. I really don't. I lived through it. I enjoyed it. I'm able to look back on my past and say, you know what? That was a lot of fun, but I'm ready to move on. I will give them credit. They are bringing back a lot of what, a lot of the ingredients uh, in many uh, nameless uh, cases that shall remain nameless. Uh, They basically took away the flour and butter of the the proverbial cake and replaced it with shite. So, you know, that might have something to do with it. But uh, I, I am glad to see that they are, you know, keeping the idea. But what I'm assuming, uh, best case scenario, because I am very weathered by this return of many things, is that it's going to be very by the book. It's going to be very uh, kind of diet tenchi, is what I'm uh, assuming is going to happen. But, you know, it could surprise. It could surprise. But after... Uh, after so much, I've been hurt too much, David. I've been hurt too much. I was recently scarred very deeply, and I'm trying very hard to keep it nameless. So I'll just say it—it's not a safe day right now. It's not a safe day, any day. It is. Well, before we jump away from this, I think that this question has to be asked: Do you see this upcoming season of Tenchi Muyo? Possibly getting a release in the West and maybe even returning to Toonami. I think that is entirely possible, especially since uh, that is a lot of Toonami's bread and butter, it seems. Um, and I don't have a problem with that. Uh, they, they, gave, seen... they gave Tenchi GXP a try, and by all accounts, it didn't do so well. So I'm wondering if that time has passed. That's what I'm Did wondering. Did they get Universe up in that hizzy or no? Oh yeah, Universe was part of the original run. Universe was was my favorite of all of them yeah. back then. And and what I remember elements of Universe, which was a, a specifically what I uh, recall, is um, they could take that in a really really bad direction considering modern anime uh, aesthetic, if you want to call it an aesthetic. That's a terrible word to use. A, a modern anime conventions i suppose uh considering certain elements of that you know like um oh oh are are you are are you are you talking about sasami i'm talking about uh i'm talking about lots of things uh two things i i think two points they're very important points to make and considering how anime sells uh, in in the in the east, 
I can think of two very large selling points that they would. Mm, I'm not sure. And I the, I the I hope they. Me. I I what I hope is that they don't market Sasami as the draw because she's the youngest. That's what I'm hoping. I mean, it isn't the 90s anymore, David. Much as it seems like it is, it is not the 90s anymore, and we don't have a flat-chested, silver-haired, emotionless girl marketing our our mechs. That is not what is happening currently. Currently, we have more of the Genki kind of uh, running the show, so maybe there is hope. Maybe. I'm just hoping that Tenshi and this new team doesn't take the the youngest girl of them all and and market her as the the most the most affectionable character of them all because the the last thing anime needs is more moification of every franchise under the sun so i'm hoping it doesn't go in that direction Given the tone of the series, I don't think that's going to happen because they're not... I don't think that that's the demographic that they would try and reach at all. I really hope it wouldn't be anyway. Again, I I hoped blindly against a lot of things. I hoped blindly against thin outlines and I I got a black eye. So, well, uh, just vague. It's like this is the verbal equivalent of vague posting, David. But I'm sure, I'm sure there are those who know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, I I want to move on. I'm I'm so Let's move on. Ready to move on. Let's um, move on metaphorically and and psychologically. From an intellectual property that was most popular, maybe fifteen to twenty years ago. To one that is, well, it's, it's Space dang. Jam. It, it's Space yes. Jam. They're, okay. they're making Space Jam 2. It was officially confirmed that Space Jam 2 is a thing. The director will be Justin Lin. And the star of this movie will be arguably the biggest basketball star in the world of the current day, uh, one LeBron James of the Cleveland LeBron Cavaliers. Uh, taking one more step uh, in in his evolution to being this era's Michael Jordan, he will be <laughs> starring in Space Jam 2. <sighs> well, oh, God. Ah, and here's this, here's this, the terrible this thing. This is this is killing my '90s nostalgia. This is this is what's uh, terrible right now. This is where I become the hypocrite I, I uh, alluded to earlier. I'm okay with this. I was just <laughs> before any of this happened, way way earlier today. There was a um, there was a meeting in Target, and um, I know it's Target. I'm I'm not being facetious. Um, uh, so, but there was a meeting in Target, and there was a uh, $4.50 DVD rack, $4.50 DVD rack, and I saw Space Jam, and uh, my heart just left a little bit from the joy, from the happiness, and I'm I'm entirely A-OK with LeBron James, LeBron James uh, being, our, being our poster boy for this. I'm not upset by this at all. If there's one thing I am upset about, 
David, are you familiar with um, the Looney Tunes Frankenstein's monster known as Wabbit? Let's talk about Wabbit, Jack. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about that. Go, go ahead. Go ahead. I hate it. I, uh, oh, please, go on. I would certainly hope that, it, since this is to become a thing, I always hope that there would be a Space Jam too. Much to the chagrin of everybody else who hates me. Uh, well, who also cares about me and wishes I had better now, taste, to which I reply no. I will say I don't entirely disagree with you. I will say that I am upset at how intrigued I am by this. I think they picked they picked the right guy. They picked the right time where everything from the 90s is hot. And I feel like this could potentially be something really special. Go ahead. The Jack. marketing campaign, I'm just going to say real quick, the marketing campaign better damn well be just all the freaking memetic remixes of of the Space Jam of Slam Jam. Come on, it has to be it's got to be gotta be if they don't get slam storm out there this is not going to be a successful ad campaign it's got to be like the sonic the hedgehog twitter it's got to just be memes man all the memes but getting back to my original point wabbit is geometric hell spawn it's there is a way to do good geometric character design. I point anybody to go and partake of any Mr. Magoo cartoon. Uh, that is just shape vocabulary in a shell nut. Wabbit. And, and if you like Wabbit, uh, I, this, is, this is something. I, I don't know if I've ever fully come out and said, if you like something that I consider garbage, that's okay. That is okay. I don't know if I've ever come out and said that, David. I I feel like my disclaimer has come way too many pod a podcast far too late. But no, if if you enjoy Wabbit, that's fine. But I look at it, and it's not just the look of it; it's the the bland attempts at slapstick that are just kind of you know uh, they've been they've been spayed and neutered. There's you know they've taken the teeth out of it all because they're afraid of uh impression uh, you know this impressionable young youth is you know they can't handle it meanwhile oh, my i my turned niece, out okay yeah it, we, we're just <laughs> fine we're fine i'm not totally uh, currently fine. i'm not currently uh about to walk off after the podcast and you know unnail my nemesis from the floor and then slowly break their limbs that's not gonna happen that's uh what are you talking about, Jack? Oh, wake up. There's, and again, there is a nostalgic sense to this. I'm going to say right now, there is a sense of it. It is because I am used to previous Looney Tunes. I still don't think it was. How did you feel about the Looney Tunes show? The Looney Tunes show was not something that I uh, gave a lot of attention to because... And this was solely out of the pettiness of the fact that it was a different uh, animation style. That was the CGI one, correct? Uh, no, it was uh, it was the one where Bugs and Daffy lived as roommates. Oh, uh, there, there, and then there might have been. This... 
And Lola was voiced by Kristen Wiig from Saturday Night Live. Yeah, she w- and she was basically like the Looney Tunes equivalent of Harley Quinn for some reason. Like, she was an absolute psychopath in that. Yes. Yeah, that is ringing a bell. Um, in a word, annoying. In two words, not terrible. But what I'm saying is they need to tap. If they're going to tap all the way, they got to tap harder than other certain 90s cartoons have been tapped. That came out wrong don't tap cartoons that's at jack d tyler d on twitter and you guys know where i stand on you 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 guys know where we stand here at the anime podcast of some sort we are pro 3d as opposed to 2d but jack here is why i am very intrigued by space jam 2 see 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 i'm very intrigued i'm very intrigued one, LeBron James has shown that he can be very funny and very entertaining. If you've seen him in movies, and if you've seen him in a few cartoon spots, even on an episode of Teen Titans Go, he actually God. has comedic timing, he has personality, and he actually knows what to do when a camera is on. So, quite frankly, there's a pretty strong possibility that this could work out very well. Also, given the fact that they are clearly aware of the nostalgia of Space Jam, I feel like they are going to embrace the mimetic monster that is Space Jam. Which leads me to ask a question. Uh, Jack, you've probably seen the Space Jam website, for, uh, the official Space Jam Warner Brothers website. Now, for, for the listeners out there, uh, if you have never seen the website for Space Jam, the original, um, it looks like it was made in the, er, in the mid nineties or 97, 98, more or less. And the thing is, it has never ever 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 been updated (laughs) and they kept it that way and everyone really appreciates that it has not changed one iota in now 20 years oh no it can't be 20 years space jam came out in 1996 no it can't be it is it is is it's almost old enough to drink Mm-hmm. now my question is when space jam 2 happens will it look like will their website look like the old space jam website will they keep it retro i would love that i'm i'm not even being uh ironic about the love of that i would love to see more crappy 90s styled websites and i'm sure it's cheaper to which they can use to improve the budget of uh marketing that'd be amazing uh, also for for any fans of basketball out there uh i believe that there is one guy that will need to make a cameo or maybe even show up on the monsters in this movie and that is the the 2016 uh nba all-star slam dunk contest winner uh zach levine 
uh, who went full Toon Squad with his championship winning dunk uh, for the slam dunk contest. So I'm hoping he gets a spot in that movie. And uh, for the basketball fans out there, I think this will be a great time to discuss which NBA stars might appear as the Monstars or something like this. So send me a tweet at just call me DJM as to who you think which NBA players might be in Space Jam 2 alongside King James. So <laughs> I would like to add to that uh, at Jack D Tyler D ask. Uh, let's let's see if uh, you guys can surmise who might be the the Bill Murray or the Wayne Knight in this film. Because they could certainly make a, an appearance again. That is all too impo- that is all too possible. But I'd like to ask if there were uh, characters uh, that were introduced and they were brand new. Who would you get for these these uh, these iconic you know uh, bumbling? Uh, I wouldn't say sycophants, that they were kind of like uh, yes-men to Mr. Jordan. Who, by the way, uh, I completely agree with you, David. I think that LeBron, at the very least, has uh, really, really excellent... I did see the episode of Teen Titans Go, that he was... And I was really, you know, I didn't actually hate myself for watching that episode. But as far as... uh, I think that he definitely has a leg up on Michael Jordan and that. Jack? Because let's be honest with ourselves. Yes. I think that since you, you threw it out there, I think I have someone that could be in that role, that Bill Murray role for Space Jam 2. I think Wait I know who me. it might be. Jonah Hill. Oh. Oh, that would be excellent. Or maybe he'd be more of the Wayne Knight. Maybe, maybe. But maybe. I feel like I feel like Jonah Hill would be really good to play off LeBron in Space Jam 2. I feel mm-hmm. like he, that would work. I feel like that would Jonah work. Jonah Hill. Maybe in Wayne Knights, maybe uh Seth Rogen. I, I get a little tired of seeing him, but I could I could stomach him. It would be it would be excellent. He's done uh some some stuff for kids it would be interesting uh, and I, I would not excited. be surprised he's he's the same age as me so i have i have a pretty good feeling he would jump to be in this mm-hmm. i i am excited i am excited i i am wholly excited to your somewhat intrigued self this is going to be interesting not necessarily good or bad yet we have yet to see a, a lot of um, anything, but I am excited to see what happens. So this is going to be interesting. It's something to keep an eye on. Uh, something that I had been keeping an eye on on previous podcasts and up to this point was uh, Mighty Number no. 9. Uh, Jack, mm-hmm. we're, we're still kind of staying in the past a little bit. Uh, Mega Man, of course. Uh, and Mega the Man. Cre- the creator of Mega Man uh, originally f- had a Kickstarter to release a game called Mighty Number no. 9. Uh, it had a successful Kickstarter in the fall of 2012, but it got delayed three different times, uh, all through 2015 and 2016. 
But now it looks like it actually does have a release date. And that release date will be, uh, for the US, it will be uh, June 24th, t- June 21st, and the global release will be June 24th. So it looks as though we have a game that will get a very wide release uh, on just about everything short of the Sega Saturn. Uh, and <laughs> hey, it crowdfunding, kickstarting for a game release, and not just on PC. It took a while, but it actually worked. Hey guys, uh, Jack, Sega Saturn, I'm still waiting for my port of Freedom Planet for that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm, just, I'm just glad the kids get to experience Sonic Adventure 2 Battle. That. Yes. So, uh, crowdfunding. Yes, David. Um, um, go ahead. I mean, first of all, thanks, patrons. <laughs> um, secondly, I'm a little disappointed in the audience for the complaints that have been made about the delays. I can understand that that is something that can be very frustrating, and I'm certainly with a lot of the the excitement and then the oh the collective. Uh, anger and uh, and frustration for this. What I will say is they want to put out a decent product and there is absolutely no shame in saying, hey, it, it, this is, goes for individuals and companies developing something for the sake of, for the, for the love of it and for people who, yes, you put your hard-earned money, money towards it. But there is a sense of gratitude on both sides, I think. And I think that it's very important to remember that since they know that they owe something to you, and this is not something that they want to just scam money out of you for. It's important to remember that they are going to take their time to give you the best possible product that they can. So, I think it only fair to say, please understand and have some gratitude. And I think that, I think that once it is released, there will be plenty of gratitude. So I think we'll be squared away. But before then, I think before this um, announcement, there was a lot of salt, and that's understandable. But also, you gotta you gotta keep it, you gotta keep it a little bit under uh, under a simmer, I think, because it can be disrespectful and then doubly frustrating on both ends for developer and consumer when things aren't going nearly as planned. That's all I've got to say, just in the general sense of crowdfunding and how this was, this, these delays were received. I feel like a lot of the consternation towards Inafume, towards the delays of this relief, were completely unjustified. Because... How many times in the gaming world do we hear about fans and gaming communities complaining about games being released every year without any kind of changes or any kind of new creative ideas? How many times in recent years have we seen games released at full price with little extra features to speak of until the DLC. How or many times sometimes they're not even finished. Sonic Boom, Arkham Knight. You can even say Skyrim. 
We uh, really lo- could even say Skyrim. Yeah, I, I heard. Sky- we're we're saying Skyrim. Uh, a, a lot of my RPG playing friends that would play Skyrim on on PlayStation, woo, they were not happy at all. So I I apologize, but I did have to uh, throw that out there. That yes, it's not even a matter of they don't have any you know fun extras. It's that they don't even have anything fun in them. The fun wasn't part of the production line somehow. And there's even a game as recently as just a couple of months ago that was getting a lot of heat for this, and it's arguably the most popular game in the world right now, uh, Street Fighter V. One of the big, one of the big things people said was, where's the story mode? Why are there so few characters? All you see are characters that are just predominantly played in the fighting game pro scene and a few new characters. Where is the rest of the stuff for everybody? And mm. they're only just now starting to release all of that stuff. Gotta so wait for Ultra. F- yeah. And, <laughs> uh, and even Ono said, no, we're not going to be doing anything like that anymore. Yeah, okay. Um, but when it comes to, no, (laughs) No. but in the case of mighty number nine, I'm okay with it. I'm okay with the creators and the staff saying the game's not done. We need more time. And another thing they did is that they certainly didn't ask for more money. Like with most game companies and DLC, they just said, we need more time. It's not done yet. So for me, I have no hostility towards any game developer with a widely anticipated release saying, uh, we, we thought that would be the projected date, but we're not quite where we want to be yet. We're going to need a little more time. We're not asking for more money. We're not asking for anything else, just a little bit of patience while we iron some things out. It, to me, maybe I'm in the minority nowadays, but I'm perfectly fine with that. And th- the thing is, is that the folks behind Mighty Number no. 9, again, unlike a lot of game companies, because they, because in this case, they were beholden to customers very publicly, they were open and transparent about it. They were saying, hey, we're not done yet. There's some stuff that's not working. We need more time. Okay, mm-hmm. that's fine. Finish it. Just if, do what you got to do. Make the game right. If you're not functioning at 100% as a person, as a creator, as a team, making a product works for all, all situations. If you are not functioning at 100%, but you have the passion and the willingness to continue to move forwards towards that 100%, you are allowed, you are entitled to the time that you need. If you communicate and present this as your situation to people that this affects, there should be no problem. That is, that should be just blanket policy there should not be a problem with that especially since again there was no e-begging there was no oh you know uh throw us some more stuff so we can expedite this they just said no we're just gonna work harder but it's just gonna take a little while 
And God knows that's better than making compromises and trying to rush out release. Forced deadlines have killed creativity and innovation in top-level mainstream gaming. Um, deadlines are the worst thing you can do to creative people that are creating art. Uh, I'm not an artistic person, and I understand that. Uh, putting them on hard deadlines is the worst thing you can do. Uh, and I think a lot of quote-unquote AAA games uh, have faltered because of that. Mm-hmm. My policy is to accept payment either in full or half, whatever people are comfortable with, so then they know that if, if they are a little bit like, okay, well, I want to encourage you to really continue, it gives a little more encouragement to just do the half payment. Uh, and then, you know, the other half at completion. And then in terms of priority, if there are other things on the chopping block, which doesn't tend to happen, but, you know, maybe y'all listening can change that if that's something you're interested in. Uh, you complete it in terms of priority. If it's, you know, something that you can whip out quickly, then you do. If you need time, if it needs if I need, a, I should not be using second person here. If I need time to do detail, things like that, I'm going to take that time and I'm going to be honest with somebody of, okay, I can get this to you possibly by the end of the week. And that's a soft thing. It's not a, I'm definitely going to do it. You got to take your time. If you love what you do, you take your time and you have to be upfront with your customers because these people who have funded this game, they are customers. Be upfront with your customers. In all situations. Just do it. And once again, to the patrons over at patreon.com slash Delta Juliet Mike, you could all see that I was very upfront as to why the last couple of podcasts were delayed. And I thank you for your patience and your appreciation and my eternal thanks for your support. Thanks for your uh, patronage. Indeed. Um, well, Jack, there was one guy that did more for the public than appreciate their patience. Uh, he, af- he offered a full-on apology for something that had his name on it, uh, and that was Ben Ramsey. Uh, ben Ramsey, for those out there that may not know, was the writer of the screenplay for a little thing called Dragon Ball Evolution. Never heard of it. Well, you're you're better off. Uh, it had no. a fourteen. No, I'm facetious. <laughs> I'm I'm sorry. I'm I'm so sorry. Um, this I this know. I know the pain. This, this this movie this this thing, it has a fourteen percent rating on Rotten Tomatoes, fourteen percent, and it is up there with M Night Shyamalan's. Avatar movie in terms of all time bad. And about a year from now, when you see me writhing and screaming over how bad the Ghost in the Shell movie is, uh, I will at least say, or at least I hope I will say, I hope to God that it was not as bad as Dragon Ball Evolution. However, the gentleman that wrote the movie, uh, issued a public apology. Uh, earlier today, uh, Ben Ramsey, uh, just to read a little bit of it, I know that it would eventually come down to this one day. 
Dragon Ball Evolution marked a very painful creative point in my life. To have something with my name on it as the writer to be so globally reviled is gut-wrenching. To receive hate mail from all over the world is heartbreaking. I spent so many years trying to deflect the blame, but at the end of the day, it all comes down to the written word on page, and I take full responsibility for what was such a disappointment to so many fans. I did the best I could, but at the end of the day, I dropped the Dragon Ball. And he concludes with, to all Dragon Ball fans out there, I sincerely apologize. I hope I can make it up to you by creating something really cool and entertaining that you will like, and that is also something that I am passionate about. That's the only work I do now. All the best, Ben. Now, he also threw in a shout-out to a fan-made movie, Dragon Ball Z, Light of Hope. So, Jack, here we have a gentleman who worked really hard on a project. And we all know that when you create something, you're creating it oftentimes as an expression of yourself. And when you put something out there to the world, there is a risk. There is a certain level of risk into how they will respond. Jack, this is something that, as Ben Ramsey himself said, was globally reviled. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine something like that uh, on on your hands uh, I... to have some? To have something like that and then literally everyone saying not just a thumbs down, but a punch in the face with a thumbs down. I mean, can you imagine that? I imagine this is a very specific scenario. I imagine in a world where everyone who is able to voice their opinion who has the status to do so, are the people that we hear nowadays that are offended by every little thing. And they have enslaved the people who will either talk out towards this or criticize this level of uh, oversensitivity and have been silenced. They have all cried out at once and were silenced. I imagine in this world, I could create something that was globally reviled, in a sense. However, it would be a call for the revolution, and they would rise. These poor, silent souls would rise. Rise, my children! Fly! Fly! Nah! Uh, um, <clears throat> what? 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 Does answer your question? What? What? No. I can't imagine in any scenario that I could create something reviled. Clearly. Uh, it must be just so heartbreaking to have that on your hands, to to have something on this level uh, on your hands. Uh, it, it reminds it reminded me of when George Clooney was doing uh, the talk show circuit for a movie, <laughs> and like every talk show he did, just he started just publicly apologizing for his role in the Batman movie that he was in. Uh, <laughs> I, I can't quite remember which one, but it was the worst one. Uh, Bat Nipples. 
Batman and Robin. Mm-hmm. Hashtag bat nipples. And he just kept saying, I just want to publicly apologize for Batman and Robin. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And you apologize to Francine Smith. And sorry, it really, <laughs> and it's amazing. Like, and just from what I'm seeing, Jack, I'm about to blow your mind. Here in the comment section of this website that I found this from, the Dow of Dragon Ball.com, the comment section, they are all universally accepting his apology and wishing him the best to move on. Thank God. You know what? Uh, moving on from my, my little, uh, episode I had there. Uh, I'm not sure what that was. A little weird. Um, there is something very, again, w- the theme is apparently being upfront with your, with your audience, and I think it's very important that he, it's very painful, but it's also very important that he admitted. You know, I really at that point, I just wanted my name and credits. It, I think that that's a very upsetting thing to have to admit to yourself as an artist. Because uh, no one wants to sell out. If you get to that point, you know, and you can have your bread buttered, that's excellent. But at the same time, it can be devastating. It can really, really wreck you. It, it can, especially since it becomes such a, a terrible, a bomb. It can be a really, it can be a blow to your psyche and to who you are and what your body of work, that becomes a part of your body of work. That's what you're known for. That's, that's on you. And uh, yeah, that can, that can <laughs> it's not even that can leave of, you wrecked. It can leave you wrecked. It, it's, it's not even just the fact of, okay, uh, I made a wildly successful movie and, uh, I made lots of money from it and everybody really loves me and things like that. That's fine. If you sell out in that way, whoever out there, kudos to you. But he he sold out for something that sucked. I feel so bad for him. And, and not glad. just not just sucked in the entertaining way, but sucked in the way that it was universally hated. It sucked. It it's just it just sucked. In all manner of speaking it sucks more than a vacuum and that is so depressing of you know what why would you sell out for something horrible and if there's one thing i can say i'm really thankful that he wants to continue on and do something better something that he will have passion for and something that he hopes will be uh better and the only thing i could think of when i first read that that first bit of his apology and then throughout the rest of it is you know this would be really great if you adapted it into a stage monologue i'm not even kidding that is something that would be amazing to read aloud on a stage and believe me Hmm. i know a lot of things about reading things on a stage but it feels like a redemption speech for a villain it feels like, oh, you know, I knew this day would come. And I've realized that I've wronged every... It just seems like you could really just do a dramatic reading of this. It would be excellent. Um, call out to any 
uh, voice actors out there on the social meds, uh, post a dramatic reading of this if it if you are so inclined. It's excellent. Well, Jack, as the old saying goes, if you want something done right, you should do it yourself. So I'm going to take to the social meds and send a word out to at Jack D Tyler D and say, hey there, Jackson. That's a pretty good idea you had on the anime podcast of some sort about that dramatic reading. Why don't you do it yourself? And I'd say, boy, at DJ, dad, at just call me DJM. Who are you? How'd you get this Twitter handle? But in all seriousness, I believe I shall take you up on that. Yeah, that's what I like to hear. That's what mm-hmm. I like to hear. That's what I'm talking about. Uh, all right. Uh, l- let's, let's jump into something that I have gone on and on about for quite a, quite a while on various podcasts that talk about Japanese cartoons. Manga, manga series that go on way too damn long. A story coming from Otaku USA. Uh, Japanese fans list the manga they are worried about will never end. Uh, there were 18 of them. Uh, all of the usual suspects in there. Golgo 13, Big Windup, Hajime no Ippo, Berserk, X, Hunter Hunter, and uh, rounding out the top with no- with Hunter Hunter at number three uh, is One Piece and Detective Conan. Uh, <laughs> all of these are shows that I have talked about, and uh, I'm going to talk about uh, a shonen series that just started a little bit later on that I'm worried will probably never end. Uh, but yeah, Jack, yeah. I've said many, many times... Detective Conan, One Piece, Hunter Hunter, and admittedly, I do enjoy Golgo 13, but all of these shows are in the DJM category of, I'm not going to watch or read them because they all are all too damn long. Mm-hmm. Um, Jack, did you see this list? And, uh, what, what did you think of when, when you saw this? I certainly did see this list, and first of all, who wants Berserk to end? Sorry, that's a that's a bias there, but as well, far as I mean, the top it, three are, j- just like it, it has to have a story ending somewhere. Uh, indeed, indeed. Um, that being said, uh, kind of focusing on the top three, um, Hunter Hunter being a little bit uh, more modern, but uh, so more focusing on One Piece and Detective Conan, maybe. The One Piece were the friends we made along the way. In all honesty, uh, I know that you attempted to make a make a promise that you would try and watch some One Piece, and that went over so well. Um, and I would still suggest yes, but again, it's so difficult to get people into something that is such a huge time investment, and that really goes. It, you gotta have direction for these things. It's definitely important to, you know, sustain yourself when you are a creator. And maybe you want to extend your story a bit. You want to have some filler. You want to end it. You want to um, turn around and maybe make a different turn. You want to start a new thing, especially in Shonen, where it's entirely possible to do that. And then in terms of Detective Conan, you could... Uh, 
theoretically create new cases over and over. And by over and over, I mean you could take the same I'm about to get married trope and turn it in several different permutations because that happens several times in Conan. And I, I just, I'm going to steal someone, another podcaster's joke real quick. He should have just grown into his original body by this point. He should just be back into being a 17-year-old or older. He should have turned into Grunkle Stan. But uh, How old would Ash Ketchum be at this point, Jack? How old is he? He was so old, his Pokeball was filled with dust. Oh, that's, man. That's, that's pretty old. That's, that's pretty depressing. Old. But, no, I really think there's nothing I can do about it. There's nothing that any of us can do about it. It's certainly not what any of the Japanese fans can do about it. And I'm sure a lot of the mangaka that are doing this stuff are probably like, oh, that sucks. I thought they liked it. And, of course, we like it. We're not saying we hate it. And we really, really, really don't want it to end before it gets any kind of treatment that it should. It should reach a logical end. What it sounds like is that people don't want the creators to die before the series concludes. Uh, For example, uh, the show that is number five on this list, Nana, the creator, Mm. Ayazawa, actually had a illness. Uh, She had health problems, and she had to suspend the manga. And to this day, uh, she, she got out of the hospital, uh, five years ago and the series has yet to be continued. Uh, mm-hmm. and you, you see that and you're just like, there are a lot of people out there that have been left hanging and there's really no idea as to when or if it will ever continue. Uh, in the past, yeah. I've, I've talked about how, Hiro Hiro Oda, uh, the creator of One Piece, has had to take breaks because of his health. Uh, and again, people are a little bit worried about. Uh, okay, I mean, we hope you're okay, but there's a good chance that One Piece may never get a conclusion. Last uh, will and also- testament for Hiro Oda is just uh, the the identity of the One Piece. I'm calling it. They'll go. Yes, Sue. Uh, the last will and testament of Eiichiro Oda. Hero, here it is. The One Piece is oh shit. Everyone. And then they just call everybody up in Japan. Everybody just gathers around in this big reading circle corner. And they all go, oh, yes, sir. The One Piece. Final chapter. It'll be amazing. Can you imagine and it, David? And it won't have anything. That's what they're worried about. It won't have anything. Wouldn't that be... I mean, I certainly hope that Eiichiro does not, not, not die before One Piece ends. That's but what everyone is glorious, afraid of. But what if that's his plan? Wouldn't that be a glorious way of just... He has his last will and testament, and it's the final chapter of One Piece? Oh, that would be great. That it would, would be absolutely like, be great. It'd be like the final uh, comic strips of Charles M. Schultz. It'd be amazing. That, that would, would be a great gift to leave the world. It really would. I honestly hope that I've gotten an established sense of doing that once I kind of get a handle on, oh, yeah, I'm dying. Okay, well, better do this. And then just have my last will and testament be this this 
something. That'd be amazing. Just here's my last will and testament to my audience, however big or small they may be. That'll be how it's addressed. And then just give them give them the thing. That is brilliantly romantic, Jack, and I give you a big thumbs up on it. That is that is great. Um me on the other hand, most of my favorite franchises, uh they have uh, I guess the exception being the Gundam meta franchise, which is a franchise of all-encompassing stories that are overarching or occasionally stand alone, they all, save for the main Universal Century timeline, uh, have a beginning, a middle, and a conclusion. And I think that's important in storytelling, and I think that this is something that I criticize a lot of shonen artists for, and again, My Hero Academia... I like you, but I'm keeping my eye on you. Be careful. Mm -hmm. Um, It's something that a a lot of American cartoons would get criticized for uh, in in the modern era, and that they were toyetic. They would be episodic, and they were made solely for the sake of selling toys and merchandise. Um, I look at a lot of... I look at shonen sometimes, and I say... This is clearly meant to go on week to week to week to week to week in perpetuity because it is still generating revenue. Um, regardless of whether the creator, the mangaka, is burnt out on it or not, uh, that might be irrelevant. Uh, but as long as it's still making money, they're probably going to still find ways to keep going. I mean, the creator of Naruto ended Naruto but now uh the sh- the franchise starring his son is underway because well when it comes to shonen we're just going to milk that cash cow dry dragon ball super and there's, uh, there's soul eater not to think about and by the way soul eater is pretty great you know it's hit or miss there can be some stuff you don't like about it like the blatant titties but soul eater not is terrible and you can tell because First of all, it's very etchy, like explicitly etchy, not just like tongue in cheek about it like the original series was. Say what you will, they weren't doing it on, they were doing it on purpose and they were laughing at it like, haha, yes, we're gonna, we're gonna like laugh at the horn dogs that you are, Japan and America. But Soul Eater Not is explicitly just, let's take all of the interesting things out of Soul Eater and make it about clumsy girls. So you can see because there aren't enough anime like that. Well, just there's that sense of this is for this is for money, 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 money. Instead of I wanted to tell a cool story about people who inexplicably become weapons. I want to tell a cool story about pirates and busty women. I want to tell a cool story about a child who is you know a child he. Clearly should have been figured out his identity by now. And that's, I really, I do love these stories. But again, I, I think that there is a point, there's a, there's a line that has to be drawn. Because, as, as we've discussed on the podcast before, I love Gravity Falls. And I have heard the circumstances of why 
they almost stopped at season one because it was so damn difficult. It's hard to make things. Who knew? I did. And they they were just, you know what, fine, Disney, you want to get more money out of us, fine, we're going to make a season two, and season two is fantastic. And I know people want a season three, and frankly, I think there could have been a season three, but Jesus Christ, I know that it, it could have been so much worse. If season two was fantastic, how do you go even further from there? I think it's short, but it works. But there is a sense of sometimes they don't go as far as they could. What if uh, it had been the will of Mr. Alex Hirsch to end at season one on the cliffhanger and just leave it there forever indefinitely? We just never see what happens. What if there are several great anime out there, and this does happen, so this isn't even a hypothetical, that get to their 13 episode, 12 episode limit, and they're done. I know a few that are like that, that definitely deserve to be extended. I'm looking, and I know there are a lot of people who hate it, and believe me, I do. But the Blaze Blue anime could have been extended. No pun intended. There are game factions that call extend. That's like the ultra of the, the Street Fighter series is to extend. Regardless. That could have been, you know, 12 episodes for the first game, 12 episodes for the next game, 12 episodes for the game after that, because it's so extensively story-driven, as opposed to a lot of fighting games. Uh, so adapting it into an anime and only giving it 12 episodes was a problem. And then we're, that's the opposite spectrum of what is happening with the, the things on this list. And we come full circle, there needs to be a line drawn. You can have a cohesive story in a sizable chunk of stuff. It doesn't have to be too short. It doesn't have to be too long. And goddamn it, Japan, give you the wisdom to know the difference. There is nothing wrong with having a conclusion to your story in mind at the beginning. In some ways, that can even be better. Because at least if you have a clear idea of what you want your conclusion to be, you can at least figure out a way to get there. And there's nothing wrong with that. I will not be sad when One Piece ends. I will rejoice. I will <laughs> not be sad when Detective Conan ends. I certainly hope that Conan and Ron get married. I mean, I don't hope. I actually think that she's all wrong for him. But, you know, that's what they've been pushing. I, I just hope that they get there. Because guess what? Even Rumiko Takahashi knew to end Ranma one half and Inuyasha. Regardless, disregarding Inuyasha, Ranma one half is amazing. And they got to their conclusion, and it was what they had foreshadowed from the beginning of they are betrothed. Spoilers to anybody for this. How how long? Eighteen for, year old manga for for, e for every Rumiko Takahashi series ever. Spoilers. They are betrothed. They get. They, they bang. That happens. But no, Ronda one half. It, it had a thing. It went on for a little bit too long. You know, it was pushing it. But Romiko kept coming up with more stuff that was still cool. There were more uh, developments between characters. The love decahedron kept getting weirder and weirder. Dynamics between it all. And everybody hooked up with who they should have hooked up with. Happy ending. Congratulations. 
And Go it's okay. It's okay. I'm not sad. I don't want more. I think it's fine. There are some things I want more for, and I know there are going to be things that other people want more for, but we don't want any more of this. When, when the curtain is pulled, people won't be crying. Well, maybe some of them, but they will be standing up and applauding and throwing roses. It will be okay. Now, Jack, I feel like we've gone on too long about shows that <laughs> go on too long. You don't say. Uh but but I'm just gonna say one more thing. This brand new show, this brand new animus called My Hero Academia. Mm-hmm. Uh it is a shonen jump program. Uh it, and it is very much in that style. Uh and it is the story of a young man that will eventually become the greatest hero of all. And he he looks to discover oh. his quirk. Because everyone has a quirk, which is what they call their superpowers. And also, the greatest hero in this world is a guy by the name of All Might. And oh goodness, this man is Captain America and John Cena all put together. Uh, at least when he's wearing his armor. Uh, when he's not wearing his armor, uh, he's a dude that looks like he had a really bad fight and is still recovering from his injuries. He's literally still coughing up blood from that last big fight and hasn't fully recovered from his injuries. But when he's in hero mode, he is Captain America and John Cena put together, and it is wonderful. And I'm saying this as someone that does not enjoy shonen anime very much. Do you guys hear me? I finally found a shonen that I like. And all it took was a brand new one to start from episode one. And that I didn't have to jump in at episode 4006. So, hey, My Hero Academia. I like it so far. I hope it doesn't go on forever, and I hope it gets dubbed, and I hope that All Might is voiced by John Cena. Oh man, he would too. He totally would. I'll have to take a look and then entreat official John Cena for that, if that happens to be, if I concur, which I'm sure I will. I am excited. I actually, um, I enjoy Shonen. Uh, I did drag on a bit about the fact that I liked things like Soul Eater and One Piece, and I like the manga for Bleach. So the Shonen, Shonen is nice. So I am excited to see this. I was a little worried because I had heard the title of the show before and immediately disregarded it because of one little word in there. Can you tell what it is there, David? Academia. Uh-huh. And you know why that is? School anime? School anime. Give him what he's won, Johnny. Jesus Christ. But hearing that and it has... Turns out it is it is nothing like a school anime. Uh, if anything, it is almost a... If One Punch Man was a deconstruction of hero shonen anime, My Hero Academia is a loving tribute to hero shonen anime. That's good, because I don't really think that they deconstructed anything in One Punch Man except for my interest in it. 
oh, burn, I'm sorry. You, you did not enjoy the One Punch Man? I tried. That is something that I knew would eventually come up. I knew this would happen eventually to all Dragon Ball fans, I know. Uh, no, I, I, I enjoy his, uh, his little, his protege far more. I, I would say, yes, I understand the parody. I am not stupid. I am not stupid. I am not stupid. You are, you are stupid. You are stupid, Didi. I am not stupid. I will tell you, uh, I do understand the parody of, yes, he's just so fucking powerful. Yes, I understand. It's excellent. It's glorious. You know what I think does it better? Uh, Tiger and Bunny. And the reason is given, what the reason why uh, I feel that even though it is very much a parody with Saitama, uh, I don't have a sense that he's ever going to lose because of his immense power. I get it. I get that he's come this far, and I get the parody. But in Tiger and Bunny, it's just immediately just, mm. They're still in peril. Even when you've got Kotatsu with his god mode of, you know, he becomes super powerful and, you know, basically Hulk or, you know, anything for a set number of moments, uh, it, I still feel a sense of dread because he can only do it once every 24 hours for about three minutes. So I still feel, oh God, if he uses it now, what's going to happen in the, in the rest of the fight? If, if somebody else ambushed him, is this somebody's trick? Because there ends up being people who are uh, calculating in the series and are they going to do stuff? But when it comes to stuff like One Punch Man, villain of the week, oh, they're even stronger I don't think there will be a problem. But I have high hopes for My Hero Academia, because, again, I like stuff that makes me care. I This show does a really good job of making you care about just about everyone, and that really surprised me. Uh, again, mm-hmm. maybe it's because I was fortunate enough to jump in at episode one. But I, I'm going to pick it back up now that I'm I'm out of the hospital and everything else. I'm going to pick it back up along with a couple of other anime that I mentioned for It's in Season. Uh, also, uh, Jack, uh, just to jump mm-hmm. back to Vidja Games for a little bit, there's this game that's kind of caught my eye and bum, 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 it's not a fighting game. Um, I, I know. Listen to me talking about Shonen. And and this game was actually made by Blizzard. No, no. yeah, I can't yeah. Believe it. I mean, so uh, is it is it um is it World of Warcraft? Because I mean, uh, if you're up oh, on that wagon, God, no. I won't I won't judge you for killing wolves, David. It's not World of Warcraft. Then what oh. in the world could it possibly be? This is not a bit. It is a brand spanking new game called Overwatch. Uh, I've seen a few friends playing it on the Twitch.tv. Uh, looks to be something of a, a massively multiplayer first-person shooter game uh, with sort of something of a, a sci-fi, futuristic, cyberpunk aesthetic. So there's the hook for old DJM. And it's it's kind of got my attention. Uh, looks like there's going to be an, an open beta very soon. 
uh, and it's going to be released on on PC, PlayStation 4, and Xbox One. So uh, I've been seeing a few people playing this game, and it looks like something that I might be interested in because, one, it is not a sword and sandal fantasy game, which is just an aesthetic that I've never, ever cared for. Mm. And... I, I like massively multiplayer online games in concept, but they are never in a genre that I really care to be interested in. Uh, something like this kind of intrigues me. So I'm, I think I might check I'm, it out. I am excited for you to be excited, and I, God knows I don't want you to be disappointed. We could do with a lot less disappointment in our lives, David. So I hope that goes well for you. And another let me thing t- I hope- let me tell you about turning thirty, Jack. <laughs> oh my! And mm. and let me tell you, I certainly hope. I mean, I have all the best hopes. This is just the hopeful and uh, hope of being honest with audience episode. I certainly hope that uh, when you are are checking out your animes, I certainly hope that another thing that I have been urging everybody and their dog, including you, to check out. I certainly hope you will not be disappointed by what you find in a little roadkill county town in Oregon known as Gravity Falls. I'm excited Duly, to see what And you will be the first to know, Jackson. You will be the first to know. Um, it, it's your turn, my friend. Uh, what have you got that has caught your eye? Oh, the first... Speaking of firsts, I have not played a legitimate Pokemon game, David. I have not caught them all. I have not tried to catch them all. I have not done a lot with my life, it seems. Uh, being this, uh, this age that I am, I have not really delved into what has defined my generation of the gateway anime, the gateway game for the RPGs being Pokemans. I watched the show, but I never really uh, knew it was a game. I thought it was just a fun little thing with fun creatures, and I didn't understand. And then I did have a slight amount of experience. And here's my scrubbliness. I had a Nintendo 64, and I played the Pokemon Stadium game. And then I played the second one. And I went those through were, the those gym were some leader good games. Those were some good games. And I games. went through the gym leader castle uh, on on these rented cartridges that actually became uh, available for purchase around a time when Hollywood Video was saying, "Hey, we won't exist in a while, so take our stuff." So, so that was what happened. And I went through all of the possible modes for those games. I learned the type stuff. But I never really picked up a an, an actual RPG-style Pokemon game. I didn't pick up Blue or Silver or Soul Silver or Silver Gold, Gold Silver, Dub 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 it all up, but Dupa. Hey, I didn't pick up any of those. But you know what I did do? <laughs> David, I'm about to educate you and anyone who may or may not know about this. And uh, are you familiar with a Pokemon bootleg? known as Pokemon Vietnamese Crystal. <laughs> no. 
<laughs> what in the actual hell? And, and believe me, be, being a Gundam fan, we know a thing or two about weird-ass bootlegs from Southeast Asia, but no. <laughs> Please, Jack, go on. <laughs> so, first of all, it's a complete misnomer. It's actually a uh, an English translation from a Chinese bootleg of Pokemon Crystal. <laughs> so it's not even correct in that respect. And the, the similarities of the title correctness to the content correctness are not lost. Um, it's a very poor translation. Everything has an amusing jumble of words, uh, letters, and uh, it's just gold. I would recommend, if you have the space, if you have the emulation uh, ability, to play it yourself. But if you don't, there's an excellent... going to go ahead and plug these guys. There's an excellent um, playthrough of the entire game, including the Kanto region by a guy known as Delicious Cinnamon. He played through all of Vietnamese Crystal, and I played it after watching him play it a little bit. Uh, you get such golden phrase, turns of phrases, such as uh, when you're in your mother's house and you go to the oven to see what's in there, what she's cooking for, for you, her adored child, you'll see an adept arranging or mother, volcano bake meat. Or perhaps uh, you're a little bit uh, belligerent. Maybe you go to your uh, your rival, and you run over to him, and you're ready to tell him what what. And he goes, "I, I am a monster, coach." That is, not, I am not making this up. You advance the text. He says, "I, I am a monster," and then the next line after you advance the text, adds the word coach. I don't understand. The rest of the game is so confusing. Water gun is called flame. Uh, mud slap is called dizzy. I don't... You can't play the game comprehensively. I got through, I think, maybe uh, the Buddhist tower, whatever it was, in... Jack, some, uh, so, sorry, sorry to cut you off. Yes, but but I feel like I feel like I, I'm remembering your your old YouTube channel, mm. and, and and I'm feeling like this could be worthy of <laughs> documentation for the rest of the of internet something? to see. <laughs> I feel like this is something you could share well, with the rest of the world. I might just have to have it. I can get that up and rolling. That could be a thing. If there's one thing I will say, though, uh, there is an actual ray of hope for me. I am no longer blind to the allure of Pokemon, thanks to the Nintendo 3DS eShop. They have made it available. They have made the first three games, red, blue, and yellow, available. Yes, and I, yes, And I yes. picked up... I, I, I saw my bro Blastoise on that cover. I said, I gotta go with Blue. Also because being a fan of awesome games done quick, or summer games done quick, depending on the time of year, I really appreciate the cause that they give because I know many loved ones with cancer and I try to contribute when I can. Uh, one of my favorite runs, aside from uh, Super Mario RPG, Paper Mario, and the like, Yoshi's Island Mario Maker, 
uh, I really like the Pokemon Blue runs because they tend to be a little bit more interesting than the others. Pokemon Yellow goes on a little bit too long because there's not enough glitches, and Pokemon Red can be beaten within seconds. In fact, it can be beaten in game time 0.00000 seconds. It's odd. So I went, oh, you know what, I'll pick the one that has the most interesting facets of it. The one that has been shown in a tool-assisted speedrun that it can actually be programmed to uh, show off display Twitch chat in the menu. I am not making this up, by the way. So it was kind of an arbitrary choice, but also... Twi- I Twitch plays Pokemon. Twitch, Twitch plays, plays Pokemon. Pokemon. Mm-hmm. It was yep, yep, such yep. an excellent thing. It was such an excellent thing. But no, um, Blastoise. My buddy Blastoise. So I'll, you know... Pokemon Blue. Pokemon Blue. Pokemon Blue. I'll be playing it somewhere, somehow. And, uh, I mean, I can't emulate, or um, I can't uh, display that. But, you know, maybe I'll just kind of tweet what's going on. I'll show some pictures. Like, hey, I named my buddy something dog. The only thing I have to say, immediately criticizing, is it's not... uh, it's not a Game Boy Color release, so your loyalty to whichever game you chose uh, is not depicted by an overshadow of a shade of red or blue or yellow. So that's a little disappointing. They kept everything as by the book to the original Game Boy release as possible. And I certainly don't have a problem with that. I did play with an original Game Boy. I had Mario Land and Tetris, but... I kind of wanted it to be a little bit more uh, blue. So I'd really remember that I picked Pokemon Blue. What if I just halfway through, I get a horrible brain injury and go, boy, what am I playing? Oh no, which Pokemans is this? I gotta get into the arguments with all the kids who still think it's the 90s. It'll be like a Twilight Zone episode. I'll wait no, we al- no, Jack. We already went through the 90s. Let's, let's, just, let's just wrap it up. Uh, I know you have the fo- Star Fox thing. Go into the Star Fox thing. Yeah. I don't want to go back to the 90s. I don't okay, want to go not- back to the 90s. We're not going back to the 90s. We're not running in the 90s. Hey, guys. Do you like Star Fox? How about you, David? Do you like Star Fox? Sure, says right. the guy that has never owned an actual Nintendo console. Yes, Star Fox is great. Awesome. Awesome. How could I forget that? I knew it in the back of my mind, and as soon as I said it and I heard the pause, I went, oh, great. Um, Well, David, I certainly hope you and the rest of the internet check this out, hopefully before it's too late, because there is a, there's a guy on the internet who put out a full-length, animated, full-colored episode uh, of a series called A Fox in Space. And the episode is called Don't Call Me Star Fox. And I'm just going to say this right now. This is levels of quality. I did not know that a single human being could create. Even with the, uh, the caveat of him emulating an older 80s animation style with limited animation, this is still an insane amount of quality for this. And he does a majority of the voices. There's a few extra people that he had for things, but he did 100% of the animation and a lot of the voices. And I do have my my things to say about it, but maybe we can save it for next time if you happen to see it later. But there's one thing I will say. This is probably going to get taken down for a very distinct reason. 
this was funded on Patreon. And it was specifically funded for the Star Fox project. Uh, the gentleman who is responsible for the work of beauty is uh, unfortunately a, not a little bit savvy for the fact of, first of all, Nintendo is like the Japanese Disney. They're going to fuck you up if you so much as sing half a bar of Happy Birthday. So, uh, actually, I found out that that copyright has been lifted. They didn't actually have the rights to Happy Birthday. So that's kind of funny. But um, back to Nintendo, they actually have a, a licensed anime that they're going to produce. So they're probably not too happy about this, and they're probably especially not happy about this because this guy specifically funded for this project and then said it was a non-profit parody. Buddy, I love what you did. Don't think you went about this the right way. If you're going to fund on Patreon for a project of love, if it's fan-made, uh, that's fine, but you got to be a little bit more, um, what's the word, covert for that. A friend of mine uh, has given a little bit of uh, a crash course in that, but I won't necessarily go through the ins and outs of that because that could be, you know, oh, man, you're teaching us the back door to copyright infringement. I'm not. I just want this to be uh, encouraged more and less of a risk for people. But just be careful, guys. And if you're not sure, if you're going out there and you're asking for money for stuff, then you're not entirely certain if the creator is going to be cool with it. Uh, if it's an individual person, ask. If it's not, you know, figure out how copyright law works for you. Copyright law and you. But in the meantime, this is a really interesting thing to watch. A fox in space. Don't call me Star Fox. And I agree with one of the YouTube comments on it is if this gets pulled down, I certainly hope that uh, there could be sort of a Rick and Morty type treatment going on here. Get this talented dude, uh, a staff to help him out and develop something that's somewhat like this but not quite the point where it can become an original thing. I think that could be really cool, and I would definitely love to see more. He's currently working on the second episode for it. We're not going to, I'm not entirely sure what's going on with that. I do know his Patreon's been taken down, so whatever the news is for this, uh, I, I hope it doesn't stop, but, you know, I feel bad because I'm pretty sure this is not meant to last. David, I certainly hope you and anybody else out there are willing to check this out. That's a fox in space. Don't call me Star Fox. Do not call him Star Fox. Because he might get sued. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Jack, what have you got going on? We, we've, we've wrapped up another episode of the anime podcast of some sort. What else do you have going on? Uh, I do art all the time, and uh, thank you for some of you who have actually come uh, forward and done stuff with me. I have gotten a few. Really quiet, though. Uh, so if you ever need to talk to me about art stuff, the first thing foremost that I say that I can do, and I'm quick about it because I got my pen tablet at the ready right here. I'm looking at it. It is within arm's reach. I can do that stuff instantly. Well, not instantly. I'm not a miracle worker. And I will tell you, 
if I need to take some time to make it good. You see what I did there? That's called a callback. Bringing um, it back. We're bringing it all back full circle. I did the thing you told me not to do, David. Um, so you can contact me for art stuff at Jack D. Tyler D. on Twitter. And I'm also on the place that uh, is filled with porn and anger towards 90s cartoon reboots. The Tumblr at Mechanical Symphonies. The songs that robots make. Mechanicalsymphonies.tumblr.com And if you just want to draw me a line, you want to see what I'm doing, I'm doing stuff there too. So you don't have to feel obligated to say, hey, I want to give you some money for some art. You can just see the stuff that I do on my own. That's totally cool too. And I'd and like I'll, to know... I'll reblog it every once in a while too. He is... Just in case. And where can we find your reblogs of my uh, excellent, excellent artwork and your occasional interesting musings at full length or and shorter length on Twitter? Where can we find those things? You can find all of the things that I do, uh, whether it's Tumblr uh, or Twitter. You can find them both at the same name. Just call me DJM. Just like I always say. Just call me DJM. Uh, as always, everyone, thank you for listening to the anime podcast of some sort and everything through Delta Julia Mike Media. If you enjoy this, please tell a friend. Uh, if you're getting it through iTunes or Stitcher or wherever else, please leave us a five-star review. If you want to write a review, that's fine. If you don't, it's okay. I don't really think anyone reads them anyway, but please leave us five stars. Tell a friend. Tell an enemy, tell your waifu, tell that person you put in the friend zone. Just, just, just tell them, tell them all. And we'd really appreciate it. If you feel so inclined, head on over to patreon.com slash Delta Juliet Mike and check that out. If you feel like contributing to everything that I do, um, it is greatly appreciated, uh, with all of my love and affection. So for Count Jack Noir, This is DJM. Thank you all for listening, and we will be back for another podcast of some sort next time. Champagne wishes and caviar dreams.